Good morning, everyone. My name is Sharla. I am the voice behind Mental Health Mama, and I've got my best friend of 25 years on today. Her name is Kristen. She's a labor and delivery nurse, and I thought we could talk about kind of labor and delivery trauma, um, postpartum depression, all things that relate to labor and mental health for women. So first of all, introduce yourself, please, and where, you know, what do you do? Who are you? Well, I'm Kristen. Uh, I'm a labor and delivery and postpartum nurse. I've been at the same company for five years. Um, I work with low-risk, um, healthy moms and babies. Um, I work with women who are pregnant all the way through their postpartum stage. And I also volunteer for a nonprofit organization um, that provides resources to people during like pregnancy and postpartum and also including like their partners. That's so awesome. And I didn't even know that until I read your, your text to me the other day. That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, so what is, what would you say is your far, uh, fav- far- favorite part of the job that you have now? Cause I know you love it, right? I do love it. Yes. I'm also like their head nurse. So I love that. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Awesome. Um, my favorite part is probably, I feel it's a way to give back, um, something that I wish I had had or known about, but really like being a part of a culture that yeah. supports and empowers like women and their birth choices and advocates. Yeah. I love that. I know that personally myself, I went through a midwifery clinic and I had a really great midwife I loved, but then the problem was that I didn't have her when I went to go deliver, that it was someone else because she wasn't on call. So it was kind of a challenge in the hospital because there was a very specific plan that her and I had worked out. And then this other doctor came in and it was did not happen the way that I necessarily wanted it to. So that's a cool thing that you guys get to work with them and like make sure they have exactly what they want in terms of birth. Yeah. So, um, I work with all midwives and, um, so our clients, they rotate seeing every midwife. So there is not a stranger at your birth. Um, and, um, we also have where, you know, they can write their birth plan, And we also ask them, you know, in their third trimester, you know, what are your plans? You know, do you have anything specific that you want us to do or not do? Um, A lot of time we are, we already like what they request we are already doing because we're low intervention. And um, so where I work, we don't do any sort of pain medication or epidurals. It's all natural. <laughs> That's awesome though. And you guys, you said, uh, you told me before, I think you guys have birthing pools as well. Like women give birth in water. Well, they give birth in water. Yeah. Um, it's like, it's a bathtub, but like a bigger bathtub. Nice. It's like a, a birthing tub. Gotcha. Okay. So what would you say is your least favorite part of the, of your job now? Um, Probably you have that. a least favorite. <laughs> I mean, I don't really have a least favorite, but like personally for me, it would be because I'm a night shift nurse that I don't really get to meet too many clients 
um, until they come in, like if they come in at night, you know, like we triage them or they call and I talk to them over the phone or, you know, until they're in labor or, you know, something else is going on. And then, you know, after, um, they discharge, I don't really, I don't really get to see them again because I am a night nurse. So, um, I do have a few that, yeah. So I do have a few. Yeah, because they're probably we have a lot of repeat clients. There's a clinic or during the day. I'm assuming when you're not at work. Yep, exactly. But we do have repeat clients. Yeah. Um, and um, I actually have been the nurse for um, one of the mamas who have who's given birth with us all three times, and I was her nurse all three times. Well twice oh that's and so then, cool and then i was actually there at the third so it was it was really special yeah nice. that's so cool i wanted to interject too yeah that's part of the reason that i don't know some of the stuff is Kristen and i are in different time zones i'm on the pacific northwest side and she is midwest where i grew up and so it's two hours ahead there and she works nights so it's kind of hard for us sometimes to get on the phone so yeah i'm enjoying hearing some of the Ooh, that's pretty cool. Um, what would you say, like, as a mom, what was the hardest part for you about being pregnant? Um, pr- well, it's been a while. For yeah, both of us. it's been 14 <laughs> years. Um, so Good I would Lord. say, like, the nausea and vomiting. Um, I, yeah. it was all the time. And yeah. difficulty with sleeping. Um, there got to a point where I couldn't really sleep at all, except like during the day at night, like I just laid awake and then, um, oh yeah, probably just being scared that I was going to, you know, this might trigger people, but miscarry because I did have spotting in the first trimester. So I was kind of worried that I was going to miscarry, but I didn't. Yeah. I remember that. Well, that's, yeah. That's scary. I can't imagine um, having to be in that position. I didn't ever really have a scare like that. My biggest or the hardest part for me was just I didn't really have a lot of support when I was pregnant. My personal situation, it was just kind of like I moved across the country. I left you behind and I was a brand like I was pregnant. I was 19. I was scared because I was young and I didn't know what I was doing. Um, And I kind of moved away from everybody my whole support system so that was a challenge but I liked being pregnant looking like after while I was pregnant even and right after I was like I mean that wasn't so bad being pregnant yeah <laughs> now it's now it's scary now I've got to raise this child <laughs> I missed the like the kicks the movement like carrying this little person with you everywhere oh, you yeah, went yeah, and you yeah. weren't alone like I missed that part yeah yeah <laughs> too bad you can't put olivia in a baby Shoot. she would probably do <laughs> it she'd probably floor. do it <laughs> oh my goodness okay so what so after you became a mom okay now you have olivia what was your like biggest struggle as a new, as a mom? new mom um yeah probably breastfeeding because um yeah I had, you know, that breast reduction a couple years before I got pregnant with Olivia. And at the time, you know, I knew that one of the risks could be that I won't be able to breastfeed. And I really 
it didn't really phase me. I mean, I don't regret doing it because it was one of the best things I ever did for myself. Um, but it made, it made breastfeeding right. really hard. Um, and I didn't have a lot of support. Um, and like nobody really took the time to show me or teach me like the best way it. So I was like trying to latch her and then pump in between. And it was just like, constant like either she was on or trying to get her on and then pumping and it just I wasn't producing enough and it was really frustrating yeah yeah um my maybe not most uh hardest part excuse me of being a new mom but one of the things with me I had to go back to work uh, when Gracie was like five months old and so she had been breastfeeding and then pretty much as soon as she started taking a bottle when I had to go to work, then she didn't want to breastfeed anymore. And that was kind of a bummer just because it's a very like for women or for me anyway, it was like a really bonding experience. You feel closer right. to your baby and you are more, int- you know, you have like a more intimate connection. So for me, that was just a really sad part was like, I wasn't done, you know, like I wasn't ready to have her be strictly on a bottle. Yeah, that's hard too. Cause <laughs> Some, some babies do get nipple confusion or, you know, I mean, it, it, it just depends. Yeah. I, I think there, I love that there are more like options, I guess is the best word for, you know, like they have doulas and things now that teach you how to do certain things. Like they didn't have so much back then when I I didn't even know what a doula was until I was going into nursing. Yeah, I didn't either. I'm like, what? And they're amazing. Uh, Oh my gosh. We work with them and they're amazing. They're so supportive and they're just, you know, some places don't really like them, but I personally love doulas. I mean, they provide, I mean, they, they just, it's part of the birth plan and it, it really, I don't, I can't, I don't know how to explain it. It just, they can be just amazing. Well, it helps to know, like, it's, it for me anyway, it was nice to know that I wasn't the only one struggling with that, right? Like, they came in and they were like, oh, yeah, you know, this is common. Here's what we yeah. can do or whatever, you know, they do that for now, which I didn't have that. It was just kind of like, oh, you know, keep trying, <laughs> try, try a different way. And I'm like, but I don't, I mean, I've never had a baby. I don't know I'm, what I'm doing. Yeah, I remember you know? it was like, she was probably like, less than a week old and we took her to the pediatrician and I was talking about how I was having difficulty with breastfeeding and getting her latch. And I got told, well, you just have, you know, shorter nipples. And I'm like, and at the time I was like, okay, but now, right. You just took their word for it. Instead (laughs) of stopping and showing me and helping me and educating me, you know, just kind of like, well, you have shorter nipples. I mean, I never really thought I did, but now that I'm educated, it's not called nipple feeding. It's called breastfeeding and you can have even inverted nipples and still successfully breastfeed. Yes. Really? Yes. I did not know that. I mean, there are people out there that are IBCLC certified, which that is what they do. They're certified in breastfeeding. You know, that's their, they specialize in it. And there are products out there that can help you, you know, and 
people will take the time to work with you and your baby and you can actually successfully breastfeed when you have short nipples, flat nipples, inverted nipples. I'm not saying it's not work because it is, but you can. Um, right. Because it's not just all about the nipple. So FYI, right. you can breastfeed. <laughs> well, that's pretty awesome, actually. That's really interesting. Um, I had, yeah, I had no idea. I'd never even heard that before. I've heard of inverted nipples. I've never, I didn't personally right. experience that. Um, but yeah, that's interesting. Um, so as far as like women that come into the clinic, do you guys see like a pretty consistent pattern as far as things that the women are dealing with? Like, are they, you know, do a, a well, I wouldn't say like, I hope that not a lot of them have postpartum depression. That's not common, but like, is that a, pretty common thing that mom that new moms get i know we talked a little bit yesterday about the fact that both right. of us had it but is it pretty so, common i guess how to so like if you so if you struggle with depression or anxiety like before getting pregnant it doesn't automatically just disappear because you're pregnant being pregnant brings on a whole bunch of right. new emotions and feelings and experiences and i mean it can it can make it a little bit worse. It can make it a little bit better. I mean, it just, it's individually, like it's individualized, I guess. Like there's no, it just depends. Like, I don't really see, I don't notice like a trend, but I mean, I do see that, you know, there are women out there who struggle with anxiety and depression and other things that, you know, they still struggle with it through their pregnancy, not meaning that they're not excited and happy about their pregnancy. It's just, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't go away. Um, so, right. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. Like, yeah, no, so, that makes sense. I mean, I think that it's important to think about that, like, just because you're pregnant doesn't mean, well, right. it's like anything. Like, if you have diabetes beforehand, it doesn't disappear right. when you get pregnant. You know, it's good to know or to keep in mind that you, if you struggled before, you're likely going to struggle after. And like, you know, that's another area I feel like is becoming more normalized as far as we're recognizing that mental health is important and we're recognizing that, you know, these things exist and here's what we can do, hopefully yeah. to help it, you know? So, um, go ahead. Sorry. Uh, Oh, no, no, go um, ahead. You, you go. And now I think I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> no, it's fine. Of course, sorry. <laughs> we were doing so good. Dang. I know, we were on a roll. Okay, so the question that I was going to ask, and I briefly said it, we both talked yesterday about having it. What was postpartum depression like for you? So what was your experience? In all transparency, like, I didn't even know that I, like, really, really had it. Um, I've always battled like anxiety and OCD. Um, so I, I didn't know that that's what was happening to me. Like even during when I was pregnant, um, but it got worse after I delivered, it was a lot of intrusive thoughts, um, that would just play over and over and over in my mind, like things that didn't even make sense. Like, I mean, just we had like a glass table and in my mind it would just play over like you need to stay away like when you're holding the baby 
don't go over by there because what if you drop her and then she, you know what I mean? Like just intrusive thoughts, like she's not breathing or you need to check on her or like, what if this, what if that just all the time. And I was, gotcha. Yeah. All the what ifs. Things that made no sense, but that scared the crap out of you. Like, and then you feel like you're kind of going, you know, like something's wrong. I mean, something. But like, you know, like what, what is wrong with me? Um, and I was really scared to talk about it, but I, I, I finally brought it up to my doctor and I just, she prescribed me Zoloft and that was about it. I mean, now that I'm educated, I know that I should have been talking to someone. I should have been seeing someone should have had more resources instead of just being given a medication, I should have been given a support, right. like support group or a therapist or some, like something because medication alone, I mean, it might help a little bit, but just knowing that other people are experiencing it can make a huge difference. Right. Yeah, I know for me, I, I also didn't really realize what I had, you know, that I was struggling with that in the beginning. Um, but I, the older I got, the more I learned about it, the more I realized that, yeah, I for sure did. I know the thing for me that was the most, I would say the most, um, I don't know, not frustrating isn't the right word, but like the, one of the biggest challenges for me that not many people know, I'm sure you do, but I, after I had my daughter, like for the first day or two in the hospital, I was holding her and she didn't feel like mine. Like, I remember being really upset. Like, do I have the right baby? Is this my baby? Cause I just didn't feel like that immediate connection, I guess. I mean, obviously I felt the connection as far as, you know, I loved her and I wanted to hold her and things, but it was just this really weird first couple of days where I was just like, is this, is this for real? Like, is this really my baby? And it was really hard for me because I felt like there was something wrong with me for thinking that, you know, like I was worried. I was just like having all these sad, like, is this really my baby? What, you know, why don't I feel this connection? And I was beating myself up about it versus now I've known women with postpartum depression. I've, you know, read more about it and I realized, oh yeah. I mean, like, like with you, I wish somebody had been like hey are you having any concerns anything you want to talk about you know (laughs) I think what made it a little bit easier where I could be like you know actually what is going on because I just had a brand new baby I should be super excited but I'm very yeah so you know I mean so did you have any like I know that you said that you know you didn't have the midwife that you had hoped Um, and that's, and that's always something is that, you know, if you don't, if you've never met this person, because I had the same thing happen to me, I had never met this person. Um, but mine happened so quickly that she was barely able to get gowned up before, you know. Good Lord. No joke. By the way, this lady had what? Three hours (laughs) Um, of labor? Yeah, probably. Well, yeah, I got (laughs) I got admitted at like two thirty, and she, the doctor, wanted to break my water at like four four thirty, and then I started pushing at like five forty, and she was born at six oh eight. So, for, that is not common. It's not uncommon, but it's not common 
so no. don't every every pregnancy and labor and birth is different so um yeah uh just to you know to yeah. give my birthing story um I went I woke up at eight o'clock in the morning and my boyfriend at the time wasn't there and so I knew that I couldn't go anywhere but I thought my water had broken and so I went back to bed and I went back to sleep and around noon he came home and I was like hey I think my water broke we need to go to the hospital so we went to the hospital and they said yes it had like started to break and they had to break it the rest of the way. But I also had kidney stones. And I had to pass kidney stones before I started, like, heavy labor pushing. And I had Gracie at 3 o'clock in the morning. And all in all, I went through 18-plus hours of labor. Yeah. And it was terrible. So <laughs> that, that was my yeah. birthing experience. <laughs> I feel like yes. that one's a little bit more common yes. than the three hours. You can't use birth. me as yeah. an example because... Uh. You remember I was like put on bed rest at like 32 or 33 weeks or something like that for being like two or three centimeters and oh, like, yeah. I don't know, 50% effaced and I don't know what station, but then at like 34, 35 weeks, I was like progressing to like four and five centimeters and she was just like, we just need to make, we just need to get you to 36, 37 weeks and I made it. I didn't deliver until 38 yeah. and five, but I mean, I was already, I was halfway yeah. there before I even went into labor. I was dilated to a five, which is halfway, which is the hardest part to get to is that, you know, complete hundred percent of face and dilated yeah. to a five. So, you know, you, I was already, I was already halfway there. So once I actually went into labor that it went pretty, pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you have any advice for new moms? Like what is something you would tell a mom, you know, that she's getting ready to have a baby? Is I would, would say, say that I believe that, um, mental state, um, like mental health, it matters. Um, no matter where you are in your, yeah. in your journey, like in your, if you're, be, trying to become pregnant if you're pregnant if you're you know postpartum because um, it can have an effect on you at any stage um, what I mostly see yeah. is um, that if someone's not in a good mental state like um, it can really affect their labor and their birth um, whether it just be you know that they're scared or they have anxiety or, you know, just so many different things. So really being in a good headspace is so important. It's good to know because, I mean, I didn't know that. I mean, there could be different things you could try and do to take your anxiety down that would help you to proceed, you know, like progress faster. I so, yeah. Like at a normal, so like if you're going at a normal rate or whatever your, you know, your labor is, for you, like you're making change. Okay. That's great. And then if all of a sudden you, you're, you get scared or you don't feel safe, you know, your support person has left, you know, it can, it can impact your labor and can cause, you know, dysfunctional labor. Um, sometimes that just happens. Um, but that's why it's important that as providers and, you know, 
your um, like your nursing staff to um, assess often and ask the patient like, Hey, you know, what's going on? Like, what are you thinking about? Like, you know, where, where are you? Like stuff like that, because we don't know unless they tell us. Um, Right. And that is one thing that um, I would, I want all of our like patients and anywhere, like in any setting that if you don't tell us, we don't know. We can't help you if you don't tell us. And if we ask you, we really want to know, we really care. Um, And don't ever feel like you're bothering us because that's what we're there for. We're there to serve you and take care of you and be there for you. So um, don't ever be afraid to tell us what's going on because we probably heard it all. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to guess that that is pretty universal with women, but myself, I know it, you know, being asking for help or asking for clarification sometimes you don't want to do because you feel like you should already know that or whatever you know right the mom you're the one that's pregnant you should be able to figure it out and that's just not always the case so I think it's good to keep that in mind right um if you could go back and tell your pregnant self one thing what would it be uh it would probably be I, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I think mine would probably be enjoy it, you know, like don't be so concerned about the end when the baby comes, just enjoy like the moment and being pregnant. Yeah. Um, maybe be more firm with my, um, my birth plan. Yeah. Um, because I don't know if you want to get into this topic, but um, like my labor and birth did not go how I envisioned or had hoped and had talked yeah. about with my provider from like very early on. For, yeah, for a long time. <laughs> I did not want any medications. I didn't want to be induced. I wanted the least amount of interventions. I was not a nurse then. I only knew, I don't know why really, I didn't want medications and to be induced and all that. I just knew like in my soul, I guess that like that, I just didn't want that. I wanted things to happen. Like they're supposed to, I guess was my thinking. And also my mom had all four of us without medication. So, oh, yeah. So that's, I just, it was something that I always wanted. And from very early on, it was, Kristen, I think you need to think about this. Are you sure you don't want an epidural? You know, let's schedule you for an induction, you know, because you don't want to be pregnant forever. Um, Let's break your water. I think you should get an epidural because I want this to be enjoyable for you. I want you to want more kids and just everything I didn't want. And I ended up with an epidural right before, like, had I had someone in my corner, had, had my provider been on board and let the labor nurses know, like, she doesn't want any of these interventions. Like, had somebody been in my corner saying, you can do this, like, 
I, I believe I could have done it without an epidural. What happened was she broke my water and then I started feeling the contractions and it came on really quickly and really intense. And I was laying on my back and nobody was in the room with me. And it was just all the staff fluttering around and I got scared and it really hurt and I couldn't move, you know, because I had the monitors on. Um, and people asking, you sure you don't want that epidural? And I'm like, okay, I want that epidural. Yeah. Had I just waited just like. In that point, you were probably in a lot of pain and you were just like, whatever, do whatever you're going to (laughs) do. I was in a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And I was scared. Like I, cause I was, I mean, I was making progress and I was in labor and I was like not even feeling anything right. So, and then all of a sudden I'm feeling everything and I'm like, wow. (laughs) So I got the epidural, but it didn't take the first time. So I'm sitting there and I'm telling them that I have to push and they're arguing with me and telling me that I don't. And I'm like, no, I really do. Like, I feel like I'm sitting on like a basketball and you know, they're like, no. So finally the epidural was in and you know lay me down and the nurse checks me and she's like you're complete don't push and I'm like um okay she's like I need to get the doctor and I need we need to give it five minutes or so for the epidural to kick in so if I had I just a lot of what I didn't want birth trauma whatever you want to call it um, is real. Like, I don't think it was like, but it's something that I remember clear as, you know, like it happened yesterday because that is a huge, that's a huge part of someone's life. Like, yeah, that's one of the biggest events that a woman will go through. Right. And so, and that's like another reason I love my job is because you know, I get to be, you know, they allow me to be a part of that. And like, I get to support them and empower them and, you know, just be that person in their corner. Like you can do this. Like, yeah. So, so you're basically the person for other women that you wish you had had when you were pregnant. Yes. Yeah. I'm not saying anything uh-huh. bad about the provider or the nurses. I mean, cause everybody was very nice and they were professional just, I yeah. wish I felt, I wish that I had felt like I had been heard. Like yeah. that what I wanted was taken into consideration. Yeah. Um, I would have to second that. I feel like that was a lot of my frustration or trauma as well was that it was, ex- it was like the opposite of what we had talked about and planned for. And I know part of that wasn't the doctor's fault. Like my um, daughter, when I was pregnant, her, she was turned the wrong way. So if I laid down, she would stop breathing. So they had to do, basically they stopped giving me the epidural to where it would wear off enough for me to get on my hand, on my knees, like hands and knees squatting on the bed. And I, she had meconium in her lungs. Oh, it's like a fluid that can get into their lungs. And so they had to have me on my hands and knees I gave birth they immediately took her and sucked that stuff out and then gave her back to me 
And so it was just really not how I envisioned it, but it wasn't really like there was anything they could have done to change it. I'm glad that I didn't have to have an emergency C-section, which they were thinking that I was going to have to have for a while, but you know, it just, when it doesn't go exactly as you planned, which I don't know that it ever, I mean, I don't think it ever probably goes exactly how a woman planned, but it was just really disappointing because it was so much different than what I had wanted. And, you know, with a, a person that I didn't really want to be with at that time either, if we're being really honest. So just the whole situation for me was like, I wish that I had just been able to enjoy it a little bit more. Right. Um. So talking about, like, you had said that you then it didn't really go as how you had planned. Yeah. So like just from like a nurse's perspective, like I love birth plans. Cause then I know what you want. Yeah. Um, however, we do make it like we do, you know, like we try to honor them as much as possible. But like you said, things come up and sometimes, you know, we don't plan for, you know, you to be laying on your left side and your baby to not like that you know, and so the heartbeat goes down and we have to turn you or, you know, or like, or sometimes, you know, you want to deliver in the water, but there might be a reason why you can't deliver in the water or, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, like as someone who, you know, is, is your like, uh, your pro- I'm not a provider, but you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. someone that takes care of you during your labor. Um, we try to honor that as much as possible, but sometimes things just happen. Like maybe yeah. your labor decides to stall and, you know, you need a little bit of, you know, Pitocin to, you know, help your uterus out. Um, just yeah. stuff like that. So it's good that people have an open mind or that understand that, sometimes things happen and we, we can't predict it, but we will do our best to do what you like your preferred, um, right. Your preferences. Well, yeah, that's good. And I mean, at least letting the women know beforehand, like, Hey, this is the plan. Obviously we've been working towards this, but if, you know, if something happens, it's going to change. I think I would have helped a little bit. I mean, who knows? I was, I was young. Maybe they did tell me and I just don't remember, but it was just kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, so anything, any last things, any questions you get asked often that you would want to share the answers to with other, other women? Um, so will I poop? You will probably poop. <laughs> yep. I heard will, that one a lot. <laughs> you will probably poop and we will wipe it away so quickly you won't even know. And no. if you ask me if you pooped, I'm not going to tell you that you did. Um, nice. So um, that was the one thing. Do you remember? Because you were in there. Remember? Oh, you my were... God. Yes. That was literally the the thing that you asked like a hundred times. Exactly. Did I poop? every time I pushed, did I poop? Did I poop? Because I was terrified I was going to poop. Everybody said I didn't poop, but I think you guys are lying, but right. Um, but yeah, so women hear me when I say this, if you, okay, if you poop, we know you're using the correct muscles. Let's just put it that way. (laughs) Some women don't poop only because they already clean. They're already, they don't have anything left to poop. Right. But right. 
You know, some women don't get to clean themselves out before labor hits and the second stage True. when they're pushing. So pooping <laughs> is normal. It happens. We expect it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, Anything else? Any others? Um, no, I mean, no, I don't. I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot. Right. But talking about mental health is, I think, talk to your provider. If you have questions or concerns, talk to your provider. That is what they're there for. It is going to benefit yeah. you in the long run if you if you have it out in the open and you and your provider can come up with a plan. It's going to put you yeah. in a better head, you know, headspace mindset. Um, and there are resources out there. You you're not alone. It happens. I think 15% of new moms experience postpartum depression and probably more than that because people, uh, that's what I was going to say it because people don't um they're afraid to tell people so they suffer in silence and or they probably don't recognize it either some right. of them probably just don't even understand right that's very true yeah so well thank you so much this was fun i really liked talking to you always and i love this yeah that we get to have a conversation and talk about some of this stuff because I think you know that's really the whole point of this with me anyway is just to to normalize talking about it because you know if if minimum 15% of women have postpartum depression but what you know how many of them don't know that they do that number could be way higher exactly. and that's a problem I mean if we just start acknowledging that hey yeah I'm struggling with this we can talk about it and, and learn how to cope and work through it versus we don't talk about it because we don't want people to know. And it's embarrassing for people to know our business. And then, you know, we just, like you said, suffer in silence. So I think that's important to keep in mind is that like, you know, any of this stuff, anxiety that you're feeling beforehand or depression that you struggled with before you got pregnant or all of the thing, you know, postpartum depression, just having a conversation with the people that you you know, are close to you or with your therapist that you see or whatever, and just kind of learning how to deal with it. Because, you know, unfortunately we can't avoid all things bad, right? Right. We, we're just, we're, things are going to happen that are really shitty. But if we learn how to accept it and say, yeah, that happened, that sucked, but this is what I'm going to do now to get past it, I think is important. And that's where we really need to get to as a society is like accepting it and then figuring it out how to work, you know, work through it. So one thing I want to add is that, um, yes, talking about it normalizes it. Um, I know it makes people uncomfortable, but the more we yeah. talk about it, the less uncomfortable people will be. There's such a stigma around mental health. Um, and it's sad because think about how many people actually suffer you know, or deal with mental health issues. Um, right. But it's really important that after a mother delivers that we don't forget about mom. Um, every, you know, society tends to just, you know, once she delivers, everybody's all about the baby. And we need to pay attention to our moms. Um, mother the mother, I guess you could say, um, you know, 
check in with her, not just how is the baby doing, but how is she doing, you know? And if you notice that, you know, she's not, something might be off, then say something to someone, someone that's closest to her, like, you know, Hey, I noticed this, this, and this, you know, cause maybe she doesn't even notice it and, you know, get the help she needs, um, you know, offer to do something for her. Um, I know the babies are cute and I'm not saying that, you know, but a lot of times moms get forgotten about after they deliver because it's all about the baby. Um, but we have to make sure that we're taking care of our moms too, because she's the one taking care of that baby. Yeah, that's a really great point. If she doesn't have her, you know, mask on, she can't put it on her babies, right? Like if you don't take care of yourself first, you can't right. take care of anybody else. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, thank you so much. This was awesome. I look forward to more of these with you and with other ladies. Um, thank you for being my guest today and giving me your knowledge and others your knowledge. Thank you guys so much for being here today. Um, That was a lot of fun getting to talk with my best friend and hear some of her tips and such. Um, Just to reiterate, we are not doctors. We cannot give you medical advice. All that I've ever told you and anything that I will tell you in the future is from my own personal experience or from, you know, things that I've learned along the way. So if you have questions for me um, for future topics, we'll be discussing domestic violence, sexual assault, some other hard things like that. Um, If you have questions, feel free to send them. You can send them on, you know, anything, pretty much any platform. I have a YouTube channel. Uh, My email is Sharla at mentalhealthmamapnw.com. I have a this podcast, a blog, whatever. So reach out if you have questions. I think that'll be really fun in future episodes to be able to do some more Q&A other than just my questions. So I hope you all enjoyed. Thanks so much again for being here. And I look forward to future podcasts and future guests on my show. If you're hearing this for the first time and you're interested in being a guest, excuse me, and you haven't already reached out, let me know. Um, And I look forward to the future. Thanks so much. Bye guys.